Ready? Hello, Hello, spooky friends. This is the most sincerest of apologies coming to you from us at Beauty and the Screams because you may hear the sounds of me attempting to murder a small animal. But anyway, welcome back everybody. Hello. This is one of your hosts, Emily. And this is Jennifer. And this is obviously, as I said, and my warning, Beauty and the Screams. Beauty and the Screams. Beauty and the Screams. I love it. Anyway, <laughs> so. Yeah, so we are back for yet another time around another um, Friday. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, do you ever know what you're talking about? Sometimes. Most time, Not most of the time. <laughs> but, um, so we've been riding a struggle bus that we're going to just kind of like share with you guys because I'm a dumbass and I want to let everybody know that listens just how dumb I am. You're not that dumb. Well, I'm kind of dumb. There's two stories about how dumb I am, actually. So get ready, because you're going to be like, Oh, Emily, I didn't think you could be any dumber. But look, again, you prove us all wrong. So, I... We actually had a whole other episode recorded that we cannot use, because I found out my methods of recording with people who are not directly with us are not great you know, they're just not great. So we had to postpone on the episode that was supposed to come out today. So this is our makeshift, but we're still going to rock your fucking underpants off episode. Makeshift. Makeshift. Quake shift. Make that booty shake. If. <laughs> Yeah. So, what is going on? Absolutely nothing. I shouldn't say that. That's not really true. I actually have a lot going on. It's Much just, more than me. I feel like I'm so busy all the time, which is fine. Until I get burned out, and then the world will come to an end. Well, I say... Let the world burn. Burn, baby, burn. <laughs> the roof, the roof, the roof is on fire. I had a kind of sad realization today when Julie was listening to our podcast with me there with her. She was listening to like, literally when I got there, she was listening to the first episode. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, we were fucking funny. Like, I literally. I was sitting there laughing, she was laughing, and then it's like, I kind of think about it, and like, I feel like we kind of lost, we've kind of lost that. Lost the funny? Yeah, I think it's because I don't say my ridiculous ass random shit anymore. So. You want to try to channel the OG, Emily? Yeah, so to anyone who has noticed the difference in my humility, <laughs> hilarity, whatever. Humility. <laughs> Whatever it is. She's back. We don't need no water. 
Let the motherfucker burn. Burn, motherfucker! Burn! So this is episode 27, which is ironic because I'm 27. Plus six. Oh, no! <laughs> I just made myself way older than what I am. I'm 27 plus, what, plus four. four. Four and a half. That's not that much difference. No. <laughs> Might as well be 27 plus six. Yeah, Grandma. So, is there anything new? Like, um, I recently started watching Game of Thrones. I never watched it before, but I have a subscription to HBO through Amazon Prime. So I have been... Yeah, and I piss Emily off because I won't tell her anything about it. It doesn't really piss me off because I go to our other sister, Melissa, and she'll tell me anything. She doesn't give a fuck. That's how I knew What's-His-Face did die. That's And that's how I knew Khaleesi was her favorite, or her least favorite character. And then you were like, Khaleesi's my favorite character. And I was like, huh. Melissa well, said she hates her. I don't think Khaleesi is my actual like favorite, favorite character, but she's kind of a bad bitch. You just don't, it just takes a long time for the story to build up to make her that way. Well, this is the thing. I feel like she tries to act like she's a bad bitch in the beginning. Like her being like, I am Khaleesi. Boo, 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 boo. Mother of dragons. And I will shed blood and fire everywhere I go because I have outrageous PMS. <laughs> but seriously, though. Because I feel like sometimes she's very hostile at moments that she does not need to be hostile. Does she fucking marry Karth? Tell me now. I don't... I don't remember. Oh. I don't think so, though. Well, I will tell you straight up, I'm only about a season and a half in. But so far, my favorite characters are... Arya as number one. And then... The dwarf. Tyrion? Yep, that's two. And then I also really like, um... Tyrion is pretty great. Like, and you get to, like, the more you get to know his character throughout the series, the more you get to love him. Like, did you ever see the Super Bowl commercial they had a couple years ago about the, like, Doritos, the Blaze Doritos, and he was the, like, did the commercial for him or whatever? Oh, no. Well, maybe. I don't know. I don't ever really pay attention to the Super Bowl and I'd rather watch the Puppy Bowl. I mean, let's be honest, so would I. <laughs> I only watch the Super Bowl because David watches the Super Bowl. Like, when I was a kid, the only reason I ever watched the Super Bowl was if there was somebody playing on the halftime show that I liked. Yeah, I know the halftime shows I've watched lately. I did not watch Shakira and J-Lo. But I did watch it after the fact when everybody was raising such a fucking stink about it. I watched the performance. And it was beautiful. Those women are sexy. And if America cannot handle a woman showing what she's got, then don't be putting dudes out in fucking Speedos, rubbed grease down, and oil and shit. Because let me tell you, the same as those bitches gave a dude a boner, those men give me a boner. A lady boner. 
a clitoral boner. Mm. Clitorally. I clitorally can't handle it. <laughs> my clit cannot clitorally, clitorally my clit cannot handle it. So per usual, I'm here to tell you about the PFPN, which is the Prescribed Films Podcast Network that we are a member of. You can find many other fascinating podcasts on there, ranging from different forms of entertainment and just things that are as snazzy or maybe even a little more snazzy than us. So check it out. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. So in terms of like entertainment wise, I watched a movie today that I had thought about. It was for research purposes that I watched this movie because I decided I was going to try to trick Jennifer and do something really fucked up. Oh, you were going to do a different topic than the movie we watched together? Yeah. I watched the movie The Girl Next Door. Not the one with what's-her-face, the stripper or whatever she is next door. No, this is actually, um, it was made in 2007, but it was about the story about a girl named Sylvia Link. I'm trying to remember what her last name was. But in the movie, the girl is like Meg and her little sister is Susan. This movie... I don't know why I even thought, oh, because I mean, it would have like it would have fucked you up. Like this movie would have fucked you up. It fucked me up, and the real story fucks me up. But I should have listened when I was reading in, into because I looked up, you know, like movies based on da da da, and one of them was The Girl Next Door, and in, in, in the details about it being based on a true story it said do not look more into this so i was like i'm gonna look more into this and for once i will say i should have listened to (laughs) the advice because i'm gonna give a trigger warning right now to anybody just letting you know there is stuff about rape in this and beating and murder so anyway basically the storyline jennifer is that the real story behind it is that this family or these two girls 116 117 i believe and their mom gets arrested for like shoplifting or some shit like that and she goes to prison Mm -hmm. and the dad is a like a carny so he's not there all the time so he starts paying this woman, and this was in like 1950-something or early 1960s. Mm-hmm. And he starts paying this woman to board his daughters for him. He pays $20 a week. 
for his daughters to live there and for her to like care for them. Well, at one point she tells everyone, including the dad and the police, that the 16-year-old daughter had ran away. Meanwhile, she has her tied up in the basement. Oh, where, I mean, in the movie, she went to the extent they had her tied up from her arms with three books under her feet. And then, like, to torture her, like, they'd let her hang for a while and then pull a book out from under her feet. And then she'd try to, like, hold, keep her toes up so it wasn't pulling on her arms. And when she finally got to the point that she'd figured out how to stand, they'd pull another book out. Um, they cut all her clothes off of her. Um, the one kid cut her. And, I mean, she the, in the movie, it is... The, the mo- and it's a mother of two kids, which it, the actual story, it, it's a woman with like six kids of her own. Mm-hmm. But in the, in the movie, it's a mother and she has two sons. Um, her younger son cuts her and she's like, oh, now we're going to have to cauterize it. And she's smoking a cigarette and she just goes up and puts a cigarette out on her. Oh, I fuck. mean, they weren't giving her anything to drink. And as punishment, instead of... Her sister has scoliosis in the movie, and she has, like, those, you know, like how um, FDR had those things on his legs and braces. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is that scoliosis? Polio, probably. Polio, okay. But, yeah, she had those leg braces on, and, like, at one point, the boys were all, like, attacking the older sister, and so she slapped the one across the face well then the little sister with polio she like makes one of the boys pull her underwear down and the other one pull her dress up and bends her over and just like whoop like starts beating her with ropes and stuff so it was basically like to get the sister to submit and do what they wanted her to do and not fight back they were taking the abuse out on her sister in front of her i mean and it gets to the point in the movie they fucking female castrate her. She burns her with a blowtorch, which in the actual story, they would rape her with like bottles, broken bottles and stuff. Um, I mean, it was, it's bad. Like the whole movie is just them having her tied up in the basement. She lets her sons rape her. They, like, it was just, I was like, uh, no. <laughs> N- yeah. That's awful. She, yeah, she died from all the stuff they did to her. They carved, I'm a a prostitute, or something, I'm a prostitute and I'm proud. They, like, used a heated up, like, needle and, like, carved it into her skin. Why did you have to tell me this? Because. Because this is Beauty and the Screams. (laughs) Yeah. And and you also like to fuck with me. I do like to fuck with you. But I figured I should talk about that because it's something you don't want to hear about, but it's something that happened. You know what I mean? And that girl, I don't know. I don't, you, her story doesn't need to be forgotten. Like, yeah. so I, yeah, I, and then I was reading into it and just like all that stuff. And I was like, no, I can't even, I wouldn't even be able to read this. Well, if the girl supposedly ran away, why wouldn't they be looking for her? 
But they wouldn't be looking for her in the basement of the house where she was supposed to be at. I mean, I guess... I guess not, but... I guess nowadays they put more effort into looking for people than... They probably did back then. Yeah. What would you like to talk about that might be a little bit lighter? Is there anything else we've watched recently? I mean, other than what we need for the podcast, so we can't talk about that, but... We watched the movie Good Boys... Yeah, it was a funny movie. You're going to have Taco Tuesday twice a week. <laughs> one on Tuesday and the other one on Wednesday. I've always wondered what that would have been like growing up and having, knowing your parents have been together. Kind of like what Sarah Melissa's situation was. Not that they ever really knew. Yeah, like ha- knowing that your parents had been together and it had been... Right. Because even if it's like an unhealthy relationship, it's like... You know, I always like commend people who are able to make it work. Yeah, it's true. Cause there's a lot of people who can't make it work. I just feel like, especially if you have kids, like being able to communicate with each other and raise the kids together, like says a lot about who those people are and all of that. But. Good boys. I would give it a six out of ten. Like not the funniest movie I've ever seen. It was still a pretty good movie though. It was a good movie. I mean six is above half, so it's at least a C, right? Yeah. Like a C plus. Well and it's like one of those movies that like you it kinda shows you more like what it's like growing up period because you go through these things with your friends and then friends drift apart like except for the fact that if we have any listeners that are of the preteen early teenage years that are male or if we have any listeners that have male children that are around the age of 12 check your children because those little kids talk like tiny douchebags yeah. Like dog. What a dog word. I was like, what in the fuck? When Emily asked David, she goes, Do boys really talk like that? And David's like, Yeah. That literally. Because they want to be like cool to each other, so they say like whatever. Which is so sad. You have to make yourself sound like a douche to sound cool. Like if I had to sound like a douche. You mean you don't sound like a douche? I don't sound like a motherfucking douche. <laughs> but, bro, what up, bro? Peace out, dogs. I took four sips of beer. Mm, I'm about to do six. <laughs> yeah, but I definitely recommend if anybody hasn't seen it to watch it. If you were like, well, if you even like comedies, just fucking watch it. Anything else new? I'm starting the book. It is called The Devil in the White City by Eric Larson. It was a topic that we did because I was talking about it to Jessica's boyfriend and he asked me if I'd read that book and I told him no and he told me to read. Oh, it's about um, Jack the Ripper. Or no, H.H. Holmes. H.H. Holmes and his murder castle and like the World's Fair. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I I bought it not, I mean, kind of like a month ago probably, and I haven't started reading it, but I'm still reading the book 
children of virtue and vengeance. Mm -hmm. So I decided yesterday that I'm going to start another series of coloring book pages. Oh yeah. I want to do some on like the zodiac signs. Well, that'd be cool. So I went through like today and I researched out like the signs, obviously the dates of the signs, like what the main like characteristics are and like what like colors and symbols and stuff are associated with them. Ooh, like Leo and cause Leo's like the lion. Yeah. I'm thinking about doing a girl with like big wild hair, like, like a lioness. Mm-hmm. Ooh, girl. I love it. What are your visions for like a Scorpio? I'm actually thinking about doing a girl with like black hair that's like braided and like long black pigtails, like braided tails. Oh, I was thinking you could do one braid and then it could be like the scorpion's tail. It's actually a good idea. <laughs> but like one big, like maybe like a fishtail braid with a pulled out real loose with the point at the end of it. Yes, bitch. Okay. Well, even though I know you come back for us because obviously we're like hot shit, um, you're also here to hear some like fucked up nonsense. Yeah, fucked up stuff. And this week we decided, last minute choice, body modifications. So we're actually going to talk about 10 like ancient body modifications anyway. We might even talk about 11 because there's some pretty crazy stuff that people did to like, I mean, look at this photograph that I'm about to show you and somewhere in the world, people think that's beautiful. Not this part. (laughs) I'm sure we've all seen the pictures of people with their entire face like completely pierced and just like their lip and their whatever stretched out. So stuff like that. That's what we're going to talk about. So it says body modification is the international alteration of a person's appearance and is performed for a variety of reasons. So examples are expressing identity, showing group membership, performing rites of passage, or increasing beauty today it is common for people to modify their bodies obviously we do tattoos piercings there's even people who get crazy and do like implanted horns and shit splice their tongue yeah i've seen where people have gotten like implants down their spine so it looks like they have like yeah um, like a bump i don't even know how to explain it but like a bumpy spine yes so we're gonna talk about 10 of them (laughs) and talk about what we think about them and if we would have ever done that (laughs) which my guess is zero out of ten we would do (laughs) but guess we'll see what in the hell is trepanation i don't know is that what you're gonna talk about yeah okay so this thing says that drilling a hole in your skull might sound like the most pleasant experience, or might not sound like the most pleasant experience. Throw that in there. 
But I was about to say the most pleasant experience. But it's a practice that has been seen around the globe. Trepanation involves either drilling, cutting, or scraping a hole in your cranium to reach the dura matter, which is a thick membrane that surrounds your brain. Oh, for why? Why do you want to reach that? So many people survive this procedure and continue living a while, or continue living for quite a while. But you could see like the healed edge of the holes and stuff, like when you looked at their scalp and whatever. So that was supposed to just look. It was for a look, basically, and it is considered one of the oldest types of surgery and is today called a craniotomy. So people still do it. Mm-hmm. Huh. So apparently, during the time of the Renaissance, it was used to treat epilepsy and mental disorders. Oh. Well, let's just say, if I was back in the Renaissance time, I'd have holes in my skull. And supposedly, they still do this, or practice this, in parts of Africa, South America, and the South Pacific. The South Pacific? Um, so in ancient Peru, they used a ceremonial knife called a tumi that they used for the procedure. And then the ancient Greeks actually used a drill to like drill through your skull. And the and Polynesians would sharpen seashells and many Europeans would sharpen flint or obsidian to use to carve into your, your not into your brain, but through your skull. To your brain. Mm-hmm. To the window, to the wall. Tell my brain, I don't know. <laughs> so, apparently it is uncertain as to why the procedure was executed in prehistoric times. Some of the crania show evidence of head trauma, and so the hole was most likely created to try and fix the damage. However, many crania lack any evidence of injury, and the artificial holes... So, some of the crania do show evidence of head trauma, and so a hole was most likely created to fix the damage. However, many of them actually lack crania damage and any evidence of injury. So, the artificial holes may have been made in order to heal mental problems, release spirits, or as a form of some type of ritual. Oh. Ritualistic holes in my skull. So, if I was going to do that, they'd be like right here and right here. So I have like these nice circles. I don't know. I wouldn't actually do that. I'd have one right in the middle. That way you could just poke and you die because I poke through your brain. Yep. Just stab me right in the skull. Well, I don't know. It's just because like, you know, everybody, I mean, maybe the mental illnesses just had to be so severe. Like people who had like hallucinations and... Stuff like that, because I'm sure that there were bitches walking around like they were PMSing all the time, but they weren't actually... And, like, now in our culture, like, people are realizing that mental illness is a much more common thing than they used to realize before. So, like, these people that they thought were crazy could have just been suffering from something simple like bipolar disorder or, um... Right... Or, like, say they were raped as kids and they had PTSD. Like, all these different things that could have happened that make them different. Like, 
react differently to things than what they consider normal. So then they go through and do this stuff to try and treat it because they don't know what to do. Yeah, I, I just, I know that back in the day, like Renaissance time, there was no way, I mean, you didn't have any way to do x-rays, you didn't have the stuff you needed to be sanitary about doing exploratory surgery, but it's crazy now knowing like how sensitive and stuff the brain is, and, and the stuff that they used to do to it. Yes. Like when we did that episode where we talked about lobotomies, like... Yeah, lobotomies are incredibly fucked. I actually watched, um, you watched it too, the movie with Attack of the Killer podcast. Where yes, what movie was that? Because I was um, trying to tell Pamela about it, but I can't remember what it was called. Session 9. Okay. Yeah, she, it, I mean, it was, I mean, it wasn't one of my favorite scary movies. No, I, but I didn't see the ending coming that way. Yeah, no, I definitely didn't either. I figured there was some, like, spirit trapped in there or something, and, yeah. Uh, well, I think that's how it was supposed to be. The spirit of, that was inside that girl that they were listening to the tapes. Well, maybe, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. I, I mean, it definitely had some interesting parts in it, but I was just like, eh, it was kind of a flop for me. Well, like, and it took so long for anything to happen. Yes, and it made no sense. All these people did was smoke, eat, and take breaks. I mean, that's all it seemed like that. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's all it really seemed like what happened, and they were supposed to be getting all this work done in, like, a very short amount of time. They had, like, what, two weeks to clean the asbestos out of this whole entire big ass? I think they, they were supposed to do it in seven days. And all this, like, other shit was going on. Like, they were taking these long breaks and things. Like, to me, you would think if you have a deadline that's that small for such a big project, you'd be working super, super hard at it, like, trying not to miss your deadline. But it just seemed like they were taking breaks constantly. I'm like, okay, dudes. Literally, the movie was just a big, long break. And Jennifer just racked her head. I did. (laughs) Luckily, it hit the braid, so it didn't hurt quite as bad. But, yeah, I'll say no to that. So I'm going to tell y'all about something called self-mummification. So, self-mummification? Yes. Oh, fuck. Self-mummification is most well known from the, oh, jeez, I'm, I'm going to butcher this word, scoob. Sokushin Butsu. Sokushin Butsu. The <laughs> the Buddha's is the flesh. In Japan, 24 of these mummies from the 12th and 20th century AD have been discovered. Most of them practitioners of Shingon Buddhism. So, however... The practice may have had... I had to pick the one with all the... <laughs> with all the hard work. <laughs> yeah. The practice may have had Taoist, Taoist origins, and self-mummification was also carried out in China and India. Though the practice sounds gruesome, 
it was most likely believed to be a way of transcending to a higher spiritual level and gaining immortality rather than death. So they thought that they, if they mummified themselves before it was actually their time to die, that would preserve them? Basically. Self-mummification is a slow process as it requires 3,000 days of preparation before the burial. This involves a strict dietary change. How many years is 3,000 days? Almost 10 years because there's 365 days. So like if I decided now that when I'm 44, I want to become higher, like whatever, more important and not die, that I'm self-mummifying myself over 10 years. Precisely. So, um, a strict dietary change, eliminating all cereals and instead eating nuts, tree bark, resin, pine needles, and berries. Oh, God. Yeah. The diet will reduce fat and moisture in the body to avoid bacteria breaking it down after death. Certain herbs and nuts may also have had antibacterial properties. So you're basically drying your body up? Is that what they're doing? Just drying it up? That's what it sounds like. Drying it from the inside out? Gross. Some also drank a tea made from Yurushi, which would make them vomit in addition to acting as an embalming fluid. (laughs) Once the body was prepared, they would be buried alive in a small chamber with an air hole. They would chant sutra and ring a bell so that people outside knew they were still alive. And once the bell stopped ringing, the burial chamber would be sealed. That's fucking nuts. And then three years later, they would open up the burial or the tomb or whatever If the body was successfully mummified, it would be displayed and worshipped. But you know what happened if it was not mummified? They would perform an exorcism, and then it would be rebuilt. I mean, reburied. So, that's pretty wild. So, if it was believed in culture that that was what you were supposed to do, would you do it? Well, I mean, if it, in the culture, it's hard to say because now me, it's sound of mind and knowing that that is 100% ridiculous, sorry, (laughs) but I know I wouldn't have, I wouldn't now, but back then if it was like what everybody believed probably yeah, cause, I mean you that's something they'd probably be teaching you is from the time you were born basically that that's what you're supposed to do mm-hmm. and I don't know if everybody did it or if it was just certain people in the society I'm not positive yeah but I will say no Ain't nobody gonna get me to mummify myself and willingly get into a tomb with a tiny little air hole. Sorry about the jingling. The cat is playing, apparently. Yeah, she's being a real twat, like always. 
But yeah, I don't. I guess I don't have anything really to relate with self mummification, because or anything to like compare it to. Because what do you compare that to? Yeah, like there's not really anything to compare it to. I've never seen like stories or anything or movies that had to do with anybody's self mummifying. But that shit is wild. You ready for this one? Oh yeah. So there was a burial that was found be- from between 6th and the 8th century AD. So this is after death, obviously, but like within the first six to 800 years. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a medieval cemetery in northern Italy that revealed a male warrior who may have had a knife as a hand prosthetic. Ooh, like, um, kind of like, um, 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 Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. So I guess his, his right hand and forearm, like all the way up to like his elbow had been amputated though. The reason for this is unknown. They have no idea why it was like that, but they probably were just trying to make a then in time, like mm-hmm. cyborg kind of thing in his grave. They found a D shaped buckle and the remains of leather that were found. And then at the point of amputation, there was a large knife. And additionally, his teeth had been worn down on the right side of his mouth, and his right shoulder joint was unusually shaped, which has led researchers to believe that the man used his teeth to tighten his prosthesis. Oh, so almost like he did it himself? So like he was pulling it to tighten it to keep it on. Oh. I wonder if he was like a, a warrior dude, like. Let me stab the shit out of someone even though I don't have my arm anymore. Well, I was gonna say. I feel like there was something I watched recently where, um, like the monsters or whatever had, oh, it was when I was watching it chapter two. And let me just say it chapter two broke my fucking heart because my favorite character was, uh, not Richie. Well, yeah, Richie was actually my favorite character, but him and God, I can't remember his name. You just watched this, what, like two days ago? Yeah, but yeah, my favorite character died at the end, and I was hoping that in the whole scene where they're all hugging and rinsing off in the water at the end, that he would just like come bubbling up and be like, "Eh, you bitches thought I was dead? Literally, he was dying in the movie, Jennifer, had been speared clear through him. And they're trying to help him. And he's like, Richie, Richie. And Richie's like, what? And he said, I fucked your mom. Like, this movie is, like, the whoever wrote the script for the new It movies, it's amazing. Because, yes, it's scary, but, like, the bickerness and stuff between the group of friends and all the things that go on, just, like, so savage. Like, it's so good. I wish you weren't so afraid of clowns because I think you would enjoy it, but... Oh my god, I was in Pamela's room braiding her hair the other day and she goes, I can't believe you're in my room of clowns and you're not freaking out. And I was like, I'm just trying not to look at them. <laughs> and she's like, my clowns are not scary. And I was like, they're, I guess they're not too bad. I said, but that one in the corner over there and that swing with the black eyes is a little bit freaky. <laughs> Doesn't she have one that's on like a, a trice or like a bike thing? 
I don't know. That's supposed to run. I know she has one that's really fucking creepy. It may be the same one you're talking about. Well, but it's like, also, it's, it's just hanging in the corner of the room, and there's this thing on this wooden swing, and the whole, like, it's in a white outfit, and its face is all white and whatever, but then the eyes are all painted, like, a uh, diamond shape, and then, like, there's no color in the eye. It's just all black. Gross. And I'm like, oh. Well, I mean, think about it in this context. It's kind of the same thing as... I mean, I know it's not living things, but it's what you're afraid of. That'd be like taking me into a room with snakes all around and having me braid someone's hair and then them being like, but my snakes aren't scary. But if you don't like snakes, if you don't like clowns, if you don't like spiders, doesn't matter like yeah. whether that person thinks theirs aren't scary because let me tell you, bitch, they're scary. I still remember mom taking me to a birthday party like... I don't even know whose birthday party it was, but I was in, like, first grade, probably. And I remember there was a, like, castle, like, thing on the playground. And there was a clown at this birthday party. And my ass fucking crawled up in the top of the castle and sat there and, like, watched the clown from the thing until um, they finally got it to leave. And then I came out of the castle. Like, fuck, no. See, I've never really been afraid of clowns. There's a really funny story. This was probably, I don't know how many years ago, at least three, if not four years ago. I went out to the bar with our little sister Sarah, her now husband, and I don't remember who all was there. We were at um, a local bar here in Burlington called Rotors. Is that the one with the clowns with the, in the, the insane asylum? Yeah, these clowns came in with like insane asylum outfits on. And all I hear, and I mean, this bar is packed, music's blaring, and all I hear is, Emmy? And I look over, and Sarah's literally, like, wiping her face with bar napkins because she's crying because of these clowns. And I was like, I'm gonna get you out of here, baby! Man, because, I mean, stuff like that doesn't scare me, so it's like, I didn't think about it. I was like, that's a creepy-ass costume. I took a selfie with him, but it wasn't like with them with them because I was too afraid to ask them because they were creeping me out so I like over the shoulder took a selfie of them (laughs) (laughs) I love that love that love that that's pretty cool though with I mean I assume he didn't live through cutting his arm off is that how it makes it sound to me, it seemed like they that, that was what they used like to, to like hold it together. Yeah, because if his teeth were worn down, and they think that he was using his teeth to pull and tighten his prosthetic, it means he had it for a while. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. I thought you meant biting down on the leather strap so when kind they of, cut it off. So, like, I kind of wonder if, like, they, like, his arm was injured, and they're like, well, you can still fight, so here you go, put this on. Put it on, my baby. Okay. So this one, I've read a little bit about before. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fucked. So it's called foot binding. Mm-hmm. So the Chinese custom supposedly originated in the 10th century AD when the court dancer Yeo, Yeo Niang bound his feet to resemble the oh I'm sorry bound her feet to resemble the new moon 
something the emperor at the time, Emperor Li Yu, greatly enjoyed. The shape and size of the feet after being bound was considered highly feminine and was a way for women to attract potential husbands. It also made women walk differently, needing to use their thigh and butt muscles more, which was considered erotic. First of all, I need that's what I need to do is bind my feet. Then I can have a Let booty. Let me see a picture of the foot binding. Um, the picture they have is only this. Like you could see the bottom of the foot. So it's kind of like wearing high heels, but not wearing high heels. Right. Like your feet are made into high heels. Right. So here we go. Three inch feet were called a gold lotus and would likely get you a husband. Four inch, a silver lotus, was also desirable. But five or more inches, an iron lotus, and it would be hard to find a suitor. So. How, How would you bind your feet in a way to make them be shaped like that? Get ready. Oh God, okay. Foot binding started when a girl was five or six years old. The feet were first put into hot water. The nails were cut short and the skin was rubbed with oil before the four smallest toes were broken and folded over and tied down. The foot would be bent in the middle and tightly tied to break the arch, something the girl would have to facilitate by walking on the bound feet. Jesus Christ. During this, the heel and sole would be crushed. After about two years, the feet would be ready. The tradition lasted into the 20th century. So until like a hundred years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Wait till you guys see the pictures we're going to post on Instagram of these bound feet. Because this is craziness. Like Jennifer was saying, it literally is like they force the foot into being the shape of a high-heeled shoe. Without it, I mean, you're not in a high-heeled shoe, it's your foot. So, that's pretty intense. I thought foot binding was going to be like they were trying to turn <laughs> turn them into mermaids. Right. <laughs> like bind their feet till they fuse together. But nope, that wasn't it. It's fucking worse shattering pretty much everything that makes your foot and binding it so it grows back in an abnormal shape like you're so your feet are some stilettos stilettos pumps in the club i don't know the words or if that's even really a song oh <laughs> so Okay, so a long neck is considered beautiful among women in many cultures. Driving some artificial lengthening, wait, driving some to artificially lengthen their necks. So, when I hear of a long neck being sexy, all I think about is Cynthia Nixon, who played. Oh God. <laughs> um, Miranda yeah. in Sex in the City. She was my favorite. Miranda, it well, Miranda or Samantha, like a combo. Yeah, like. But Miranda's cynicism was I just think, like. I think that's the reason why I like Miranda so much is because of her cynicism. 
Is it Miranda that Carrie's talking? Yeah, because Miranda's pregnant. And Carrie and her talking about how dimples are made. Yeah. And, yeah, talking about, like, the dick coming at the baby. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway. So, the practice of wearing thick metal coils in order to attain a longer neck is estimated to have started in around the 11th century A.D. After death. So, in theory, the coils are so thick that they push the head up, thus stretching out the neck and making it permanently longer. In reality, the neck does look longer, but it is due to the collarbones being pushed down. Oh. Um, It is uncertain as to why this started, though some say it was to make the women less attractive to avoid being captured as slaves or to protect the neck from potential tiger attacks. The most commonly accepted theory, however, is that it shows wealth and beauty, thus making the woman more desirable. Oh. Which is the reason behind it in recent past. This up, but among the nedeble... Nedeble... Among a tribe in Africa... Among a tribe in Africa, the women wear brass and copper rings around their necks in addition to their arms and legs. Girls in another tribe in another country. (laughs) Girls in another tribe in another country. Start wearing a brass collar when they are five years old, gradually adding more and more coils. I swear I've read before that the reason... Also, and don't take me for this, you can fact check me if you want, but uh, I had read before that, and it's a, in these, some of these tribes or countries or whatever, they, when the men were like done with the women, they'd cut, cut the rings because then the neck wouldn't be able to support the head and so their neck would snap. Fucking fuck. Yeah. Well, listen, it's about time that we flip things on the world. And now's the time we start putting rings around our husband's necks. So when they start being a motherfucking dickbag, you can just be like, you better watch out or I'm going to get the fucking bolt cutter (laughs) and chop those rings up. And then I'll find myself a new husband. I mean... But if we were running the world, we wouldn't have to marry them either. True. So here is one that I'm pretty excited about. And it is called Dental Modification. Yes. So modifying or decorating teeth has also been seen around the world. In the 7th century BC, Etruscan women may have used flat gold bands on their front teeth for decorative purposes in addition to holding teeth in place. Marco Polo Marco Marco Polo noted in 1295 AD that people in Carbondon, China covered their teeth with thin plates of gold perfectly fitting to their teeth. So, Nellie my teeth gleaming like I'm chewing on aluminum foil. Oh, God. They didn't start it. This was long before them. Yeah, you're real. Yeah, yeah, you're real. Rob 
the carbondins and get a grill plate those teeth perfectly with gold. Mm-hmm. I bet that's what they were all singing. I'm sure it was. So in Mesoamerica, did I say that right? Mm-hmm. In Mesoamerica, it was common for people to file their teeth into alternative shapes, often using stone tools. Can you imagine how that would feel? Using a fucking stone and fucking grinding did your teeth down. Did they grind them flat? Or did they like make them pointy? Maybe pointy, rounded. I. You would think that would hurt. Well, a lot of these you think would hurt. Would like you get your feet? Th- and well, yeah, but I mean, like, because you'd get through the enamel and be at the fucking root of your tooth, like. Yeah. Later, they started drilling holes into the front of their teeth, and filling them with small stones, commonly minerals such as a jade or iron pyrite. So, here we go. People nowadays getting gems on their teeth. Like, come on. Don't be little bitches and just glue a gem on. Come on. Drill a hole. Fill it with a stone. Be a fucking gangster. I'm a gangster. I'm a straight up G. The gangster life. Drilling holes in my teeth is the life for me. Stuff those holes with stones. All day long. Shining on them hoes. Vikings also joined the trend as large groups from England and Sweden have been discovered with horizontal grooves etched into their front teeth. These grooves may have been filled with a red dye and were potentially created in order to look more fearsome as they have so far only been found on warriors. Which I find interesting. So is Game of Thrones set after Viking times? I have no idea. I don't really know how all that, like, timeline stuff well, goes. Well, and, like, Game of Thrones is supposed to be kind of like a whole other world. Like, because Westeros isn't really, like... A place. Yeah. I'm gonna say it now, say it loud, say it proud. Jon Snow is a babe. I mean, you're not wrong. And I also think that, um, the gay knight is cute, too. And I thought the gay king was cute, too. Remy? Wasn't that Remy? I know that they, like, literally just introduced Brienne in the last, like, two episodes that you've watched. Her character is a fucking badass. Oh, God. Yeah, that was crazy how they killed Remy. Yeah. With that thing that fu- that, that red-headed bitch gave birth to. Mm-hmm. I don't like that red-headed bitch either. No, she cray-cray. My next body modification ritual thing is head-shaping. So, holy shit. I never knew the the cone heads were a real thing. (laughs) So, head shaping or artificial cranial modification involves putting pressure on an infant's head so that it molds into a different shape than it normally would. This is done by binding it with cloths or attaching boards to the head in order to flatten it. Oh God! So and that and you know like a kid's um, skull isn't completely formed. So, you know how David's like really into ancient aliens or whatever. Yeah. Like some of the things that they grasp at on that show are ridiculous, and this is one of them because they think that some of these cultures, where they like shape their heads into different shapes, were them trying to resemble aliens that they had like been visited by, like mm. that they viewed as their gods. And so they were trying to shape their heads to look more like their gods. 
I feel like this is some Indiana Jones and the King Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. Which is a great movie. It's a great movie. But the earliest artificially modified skulls were identified so that have been identified so far are from Victoria, Australia, and are fourteen to nine thousand years old. These had flattened foreheads and prominent brow ridges, though the reason for modification is unknown. The practice also occurred throughout Central and South America among pre-Columbian societies, resulting in a variety of shapes. I wish. You know how in Little Nicky, the guy gets boobs on his head? Oh my god. I wish they would have modified my head so it looked like two big old boobs. Yep, two big old titties are on top of your head. Yeah, I'd be like, I got four big old titties for y'all. <laughs> Don't get um. you a bitch with two. Get you a bitch with four. Historical records indicate that this was done for many different reasons. For example, to signify your social standing, for beauty, or to protect the spirit. <laughs> well. So the tradition lasted until the 19th century in some Native American tribes and until the 20th century in Papua New Guinea. I think I've watched, I mean, aside from... Um, David's ancient alien show like I think I watched something about how they did that and I want to say it was in college in one of my history classes showing how they would put like a board at the front of a kid's head and a board at the back of the kid's head and like apply pressure and wrap it really tight so their head would grow into that shape I wonder if when they did that like if it did like would cause brain damage well, I mean, I'm sure it could. Because, I mean, the brain and stuff would all still grow and do things, like, normally, but, like, would it grow differently because your skull is smashed? I don't but it's know. not really smashed, it's just... Because, like, when you're a kid, all those different plates in your skull are separated, and so they're shiftable and you can move them. And then they just, as they grow, they fuse together. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. That's a good question. I'm, I'm still going back. I would get tits on my head. Okay, so one of the most common body modifications out there still are piercings. Um, piercings are a very popular trend in modern time, but have a very long history. In addition to his tattoo, Otzi the Iceman also had pierced ears with earrings, meaning the practice was around already 5,500 years ago. Hey, that's the guy I was telling you about. The That's the oldest... The Iceman is the oldest body they found so far. And his ears were stretched to... What they say? It was like 7 millimeters or maybe 11 millimeters or something like that. But like his ears, not only were they pierced, but they were stretched open. Oh. Um... He was one of the, or like, so far the earliest person they found with their ears stretched. And he's also the oldest, like, person that they found. So, Otzi the Iceman basically was metal as fuck. That's right. <laughs> In Mesopotamia, or, sorry. In Mesoamerica, it is believed that the Olmec men would have plugs put in their cheeks and expand them as they got older. Can you imagine, like, my plugs? 
that I have being in my cheeks where my dimple piercings used to be. Yeah, and like they slowly stretch them out as you get older. Yeah, Aztec men also had lip, ear, and nose plugs. Though there were strict rules about them, the king and nobles would wear piercings made from gold and precious stones while lower classes had to use bone. Um, well, first of all, I think that the lower classes using bone is way more gangster, way more thug. So, I mean, if I was going to do it, I'd want to use bone, so. Yeah. Successes in warfare allowed men to wear bigger and bigger lip rings. So you must have only been able to stretch them beyond a certain size if. If you were successful in like a battle or something. Yeah. And earrings were popular in ancient Egypt. King Tut used them in the 14th century BC, and they have been found on many other mummies. Ooh, King Tut was another one that had his ears stretched. I, yeah. However, belly button piercings were reserved for the pharaoh only, and anyone else who got one would be executed. Ooh, this is another one I watched something about on TV once upon a time. Once upon a time, not long ago, I was a hoe, and I'm a litterate. I won't take it back, cause I did the shit. That was beautiful. <laughs> I thought um, you would think so. But, scarification or cicatrization? Cicatrization. Which is the cutting, burning, or slicing of skin to attain raised scars. Oh. The scars are sometimes rubbed with caustic liquids or charcoal to make them more prominent. Damn, Daniel. In the archaeological record, evidence of this is seen through artwork as human skin is rarely preserved. The earliest appearance of it is seen on two fertility goddess figurines from 8000 BC in the on, on Goslin, Jordan. But they both had scars running across their butts and abdomen. The rock painting from 7000 BC in Tassili Nature, Algeria, depicts a horned goddess with scarification on her shoulders, breasts, stomach, thighs, and calves. Further prehistoric images have been found in Western and Central Africa. Historical records show that scarification was also used in Australia, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea, and North, South, and Central America. There were a wide variety of reasons behind the practice, including displaying social and political status or family and group ties, achieving greater beauty, showing strength by handling the pain, or undergoing rites of passage. Like, look at that. Like, they would cut themselves and do stuff to make patterns and things in their skin. Like. That's crazy. So, it's like, it's like a raised tattoo. Essentially, yeah. Why didn't they just brand It's kind of like, uh, people doing implants and things like that. Like, it's modifying how you look. Like. I mean, yeah, same with tattoos. Like, I was talking about the other day that, I know I've talked to you about it before, really wanting to get my nipples tattooed. But I decided yesterday that I also want to get my nipples pierced. I think nipple piercings are really cool looking, but I feel like it would hurt really, really bad. Yeah, I just need to find somebody that I trust and am not weird about them seeing my nipples. 
I wish I had a really good female friend that was a tattoo. <laughs> I mean, a piercing. I mean, person. I could get the clamps. We could clamp those nipples down and shove the ring through and be done with it. I mean, honestly, I would let you do it. We would just have to make sure we were sanitary about it. But, yeah, I would love to have my nipples pierced because I think they're cute. They have a lot of really cute nipple rings. I know, girl. I saw ones that had, like, um skeleton hands and stuff on them like, like if i was gonna do it i would just do the little barbells but yeah i might do barbells also those the hoops with like the little ball on them is cute too i the, that is crazy that people literally cut like cut patterns into their skin oh cutting burning or slicing so they mm-hmm. it could have been like branding yeah Okay. Like sit there with a hot ass cigarette and burn all these little spots on your leg to make a pattern. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and while you're at it, rub some charcoal into it to agitate it. Ooh, yeah, just fucking also just take some exfoliant and fucking slap it on there. Right up in that I'm imagining you raw like, dog, that like, bitch. And then when it starts to heal, taking a pumice stone and like scratching it off so it gets more scarred. I actually have a burn on my finger right now from a minute, an attack with a bedazzler gun that went awry. But um, I take um, the pumice stone at the house and scrub it to get it open so I can clean it out because I was worried. I'd been out on the river twice. In the water, and I was worried about You're like a parasite. That's what I was concerned about, but it looks so weird when I like extend my finger. Okay, we are at the last, but definitely not least. This is tattoos, baby. So tattoos are highly common today. Obviously, I think I have like twenty nine of them. But they have very old origins. The earliest example found is on Otzi the Iceman. So he had tattoos too? Yeah. What a badass motherfucker. The natural mummy found in the Alps. He he lived around 3,300 BC. So like 5,000 years ago. Yeah, and had tattooed a series of dots and small crosses along his lower spine, right knee joint, and ankle joints. Um, due to their placement, researchers believe they may have been used for medicinal reasons to relieve joint pain. Hmm. Which, I mean, is not far from, like, what we do today because they practice, like, acupuncture and stuff. Yeah, well, and, like, people go and they get piercings in certain places for headaches. And, and more intricate tattoos were found on... Scythian warriors and on a female spiritual leader of the Pazarek <laughs> people living in modern day Altai around 500 BC. This included elaborate and colorful images of animals, mythical and real, and of curving lines. I would have a big ass freaking phoenix. No, I'd have a big-ass cat. Imagine you with, like, a lion's head on your back. Yes, girl. All across my body. Um, so scans of Egyptian mummies have revealed that they got tattoos, too, 
For example, a female mummy from 700 AD had the name Michael and a small cross tattooed on her inner thigh. The 3,800-year-old mummies found in the Chinese Tarim Basin also had many tattoos. This included a female with moons and ovals tattooed on her face and males with facial animal tattoos. So there's kind of um, a look at what they would do to their face. It's like doing the like cave art, but on your face. Yep, that's where it's at. I've been thinking about getting a moon tattoo. I just need somebody else to do it. I'm trying to think of other body modifications that I've heard of. Well, ear stretching was the one that like I was going to look into because that has a long history. Because people through throughout all kinds of different tribals and tribals tribes and things like that, like they've been going through and like stretching their ears for centuries. And it wasn't, it's like what you were talking about, like with them doing it, like when they won battles and things like that. Like it was to show that they had done things with their lives. Like, you know that that's a prominent person in that society because their, like, cheeks are stretched open like three inches or whatever. Right. I just think if someone's cheeks are stretched open, how do they drink? I mean, you're going to have it plugged. Oh. So, the, what I was reading, they would use things like rocks and bamboo sticks and horns and bones and stuff like that to stick through their the holes that they had to keep them so they were so closed, but they were stretched open far enough for those things. But I've, like, what about the people in, like, would it be, like, the Amazon? I have seen where they, like, do the bottom of their chin, like... And they stretch it, and they'll have, like, bamboo sticking out, but it's, like, hollowed bamboo. Is it just, like, a super easy straw? Yeah, you just dip that shit in the, in the water and... Um, one thing I've always wanted to know about ear stretching, because when I was in, like, junior high, early high school, they talked about people going and getting their, like... Basically getting their ear hole, like, like punched. hole punched. Was that really a thing? Um, I was reading about that um, when I was reading about stuff for ear stretching. They would do, like, there's parts of your body that you can't stretch, like up here in your ear where the cartilage is. So they mm-hmm. would hole punch that to be able to make it so it was a bigger, gotcha, like, hole. But somewhere like your earlobe that will naturally stretch... I recently stretched my ears up to seven eighths of an inch. I was at um, five, eight, no, was I at five eighths or three fourths? Three fourths, because that's bigger than five eighths, right? Yes. Yeah, I would, was at three fourths of an inch, but I stretched up to seven eighths. I'm still gonna jump a couple sizes because I have a pair of plugs that were given to me by a good friend who passed away a few years ago and I'd never really intended to stretch my ears that big but also what's it gonna kill me I actually like my ears bigger I was walking through the grocery store with our grandmother um, yesterday and before I even got into the grocery store a girl in the parking lot stopped me to tell me she liked my glasses 
Then we get in the grocery store and I'm walking through the aisles with our grandma and another girl stops me to tell me that she likes my plugs. <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? I need to go to the, I need to come to Fairway more often. <laughs> Everybody here's so fucking nice complimenting everything about me. I like going to Fairway. I don't go there very often because, I mean, the store's a little bit smaller. Yeah, there's not as much to... But, like, I don't know. The prices are good and the food is good. Um, We actually bought sweet horseradish pickles. And I don't usually like sweet pickles, but they're really good. Pickles are spicy, too. Yeah. Well, it's not that they're spicy, but you know that flavor of horseradish, kind of mm-hmm. like wasabi, like... Mm-hmm. It's just really good flavor, and it the flavor of the horseradish goes well with the sweetness, because yeah, like I said, I usually hate sweet pickles, but these are I. Well, anyways, guys, I think that's a wrap for this week. Um, thank you for coming back again, time and time again. Yes, listening to us go on and on about some fucked up shit, and sometimes not fucked up shit. Right. Well, I mean, still, there's always some fucked up shit. Usually we have to have, like, Aurora to bring in the rainbows and sunshine. Or, like, the rainbows and dolphins. Yeah. I am very excited for next week. Actually, our next few episodes, we are going to be having guests with us, which is super exciting because I'm sure the majority of you get sick of just listening to us. So, so we're bringing in some friends to add some dynamic to Yep, this. some friends, keep it funky, keep it fresh. And I'm he- I need more people to make go, what in the literal fuck? <laughs> so, yes, we will see you, well, I guess you'll hear us back next Friday. So make sure you're back. New episodes come out 12 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time every Friday. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. I mean, you're more than willing to message us on Instagram, wherever, Facebook. We also have an email that you can send us any kind of stories or any suggestions, anything at all. Um, And that's beautyandthescreams at gmail.com. I don't know if I mentioned Twitter. We're on Twitter. I don't, I'm not great about updating Twitter just because I'm a Twitter illiterate. Like, very illiterate with Twitter. So. I think it's the only time I ever used Twitter was to tweet the president. (laughs) There's not much on, like, mostly the things that I follow on my personal Twitter are so stupid. Just more memes. Everything, everywhere. It's just like memes, memes, and more memes. But yes, so like I said, thank you for coming back. And we will be sure to have fresh content for you next week. And everything will be great. So yes, everybody have a great weekend. Stay safe. Hope everybody enjoys their 4th of July. Have a DD if you go somewhere. If you set off fireworks, be safe. And if you know who we are... And you do go somewhere and you get drunk and you need a ride home, call us. Also, I would like to say, I know that everybody is raising a holy stink about, you know, wanting to set off fireworks and everything, which I get. But try to be a little respectful of, A, people that have small children who are not going to be up really late. 
respect people with animals who, I mean, it's terrifying for dogs. Yes, I have two dogs. One of them could give a shit less about everything, and then the other one has anxiety about everything. Yes, and our, my family, German Shepherd, cannot even deal with listening to our grandmother watch a football game. Yeah, let alone listen to fireworks going off. My grandma will be in the living room upstairs, and our dog will take himself all the way down to the basement to the other side of the house and hide under the bed. So there's just those kind of animals. Be thoughtful. Care about other people besides yourself. And make sure you celebrate and have fun. But try as hard as you can to still social distance because there are still cases happening all the time. They have literally said that if the United States doesn't get their stuff together... I swear they said there could be like 100,000 new cases a day. Bitch, I saw some stupid ass post on Facebook today where somebody was saying that supposedly like they're sending out all these false positive test results, like skewing the numbers. Like why the hell would they do that shit? Guess what was on the news yesterday too. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, maybe sending out false positives so people will stay the fuck home. Because nobody's taking it seriously and it literally just keeps getting worse. I mean... I'm guilty. I've gone out to the bar a couple times since quarantine's been lifted, but I watched the news with, well, I wasn't watching the news, but I was in the room when the news was on yesterday. And there are people that were selling boxes of mask exempt cards. So like going into businesses that require masks, they had, they bought these like cards Saying that, like, they're exempt and, like... They don't have to wear This, this, and that. Well, it's fraudulent. It's not true. Nowhere would sell that. If anywhere that was a health company would sell something like that, they would have every right to be shut down and fined. There are, like, people that if they have medical conditions where, like, having a mask would make it worse, they do... They can be exempt. But if that's the case, stay home. Like... Yes, everything is available to you. You can have food delivered to your house. I mean, you can go you can go through a drive-thru. You can go pick food up from somewhere. You can order your groceries for pickup. I mean, I even literally order my basic things that I need for life. I've ordered my eyeliner, foundation, concealer. Like, let me tell you guys, I and since this whole thing started, like for us in March... I have been into a store maybe three times. Yeah, I'm not... Otherwise, I buy all my stuff online, and I'll go to the store and, like, park outside, and they bring it out and put it in my car for me. Yeah, I... I don't want to risk contracting something and bringing it home to my family and making my family sick. Yeah, I... I even, at this point, have started ordering, like, my dry shampoo, my razor blades, my shaving cream, my cat treats my cat's food litter i mean anything that i could possibly need i try to sit down compile a list and order everything through either the walmart app or the target app and i go pick it up because it's just not worth it and i understand people are stir crazy and they worry about oh well i'm gonna end up getting depression from being cut off from society but well, okay if you're if you're stir crazy call your friends on the phone and talk to them because they're all sitting at home too and and go for a walk my point is 
you may be suffering from depression because of all of this, but imagine how depressed you're going to be if you go out and you contract it and it doesn't end up affecting you, but you take it home to somebody who is elderly or has health issues and it kills them. That is going to be even more depressing to you than sitting at home and watching Netflix and ordering your food from DoorDash. Just think in the grand scheme of things. Don't be selfish. But like I said, we're out of here. Take care of yourselves. Be safe. Be healthy. Wash your hands. Wear your masks. Do what you got to do. Stay alive. All right. Peace out. Peace out, Girl Scout. Whoop, whoop. Jesus Christ, my eardrums, you could have warned me.